Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. So, uh, good morning. How you doing? We have a new series starting today. We'll be going for about five weeks right into Easter. Um, and, I, and then uh, basically the title of that would be uh, uh, Returning to the Original. Returning to the Original. It's really important that we understand the original. Once you understand the original, then you will be able to kind of understand what it's all about. Uh, what happens over time is we keep like, you know, uh, copy, 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 copy. Eventually, it changes over time. So you have to go back to the original. You have to go back to the original measuring stick. This actually did happen to me. They put me on cutting once, cutting the board. And I kept using the board I cut to measure the next board. I didn't use the original board. And if anybody has ever worked in construction, by about board seven, they were all really short. They were shorter than they were supposed to be. You know, it just gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Uh, Because I didn't use the original. You have to go back to the original. So we're going to be in the books of uh, the the book of Genesis, chapter 1, 2, and 3, over the next few weeks. Now, uh, I like what my daughter Rachel actually said. Uh, She said, hey, if you look at this, it's kind of like... it's kind of like a, a, a big play or a, uh, you know, how did she say it? I want to read it right. Oh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. And so it starts with like the director and the, and the, uh, the, uh, the writer of the, of, of the play. And then it goes into the actors. And then it has this big twist and turn event. And then it has this like hidden hope, this hidden light throughout it. And then it has the... Uh, the finality, finale, 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 yeah? Now, I say that, but trust me, this is not an act that was written. I believe this is, you know, stuff that we can, that is true, but that's a good way of looking at it. So today we're going to look at the author and director, can I say it of this, of everything. The author and director of everything. The first verse of the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, or formless and empty, and darkness covered over the waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. Then God said. Now, it basically starts as, In the beginning, God in the beginning, God. It, the whole thing, everything starts and ends with God. Now, one of, one of the important things that we have to understand uh, is if we can understand who God is, and then we can understand who we are and how we relate to him, like it's just like everything starts falling into place. Everything just kind of starts lining up in life. And I'm telling you, for you, if you can begin to understand who God is, and then you can begin to understand who you are and your relationship with him, uh, it would be amazed how much peace will flow in your life. I can't tell you how many times, how, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I talk to people and I say, I, one of, I, if, if you've been around me uh, in any length of time, I've probably asked you this question. Let's say you and I were supposed to meet. 
And uh, you didn't show up, and Jesus showed up. And I was sitting with Jesus, and I said, well, Jesus, you know about, I don't know, let's say Johnson. Let's say I was supposed to meet with Johnson. You know Johnson. You know everything about him. You see him completely, totally. What do you think about Johnson? What do you, what do you think? How do you feel about him? Are you pleased with him? I ask people that question all the time. And I can't tell you how many times I get an answer that, in my opinion, is warped. Most of the time, people answer the question, when I ask that question, they always say, well, God loves me. I go, yep, okay, God loves you. Truscan, you know, keep talking. God loves me, but I have a lot of things that are wrong with me and, and you know, a lot of you know, problems, and God knows that I'm not really serving him the way I should and all that stuff. If you answer the question that way, you need to hang around. And you need to hang around me a little bit. Because I don't believe that's what God would say at all. Not at all. Nope. I'll give you a hint and just say, I, I believe if God got done talking about you, I wouldn't want to meet anyone else in the world but you. That's how God sees you. So who is this God? Who is this God? And who are you? Like, why do you exist? All of this is in the first three books, or the first three chapters of, of the book of Genesis. And, you know, when, when you read Genesis 1, you know, God said, let there be light. God said, let there be the world. God, you know, uh, oceans and seas and all the different things he says. You know, everybody kind of makes a mistake here, or many people make a mistake here, and they concentrate on the creation. But Genesis 1 is not about the creation. Not really. I mean, yes, it's talked about. But really, it's about God. Now, when I went to seminary, they taught me one thing. They said, always look for the repeating words and phrases in a, in a, in a chapter, because usually when there's a repeating word or phrase, that's what the chapter is about. Well, the word God is used 35 times, and I think 20, I don't know, 30, oh, 35 times in 31 verses. Huh. The word God is used 35 times in 31 verses. So what do you think we're talking about, people? If I keep saying God, 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 I think I'm talking about God. So this chapter is really when we concentrate on what it's saying about God, who he is, other things begin to fall into place. So that's what I want to do today. You know, I want to try to understand who God is. And so I have about seven things, eight things that I see in this chapter. And basically they all start with God is. So God is like, you see, God talks, God touches, God blesses, God separates, God. Everything in this chapter is all about God. So I think once we learn about God, then we can start off the, our lives right. So first, let's jump right in. God is. God is personally involved in his creation. He's personally Involved in his creation. I would say that God is actually personally vested or invested in the development, the, the, uh, the outcome, the life of this world and you. That he's personally invested. He's the one who created it. Have you ever talked to like an artist? 
You got to be really careful with artists. Like I'm talking about art, you know, or sculptors, these kind of guys. You got to be really careful with them. I don't know, because they're very sensitive, right? Artists are, how many know that artists are very sensitive? If you're a pastor, you know that your worship team, they are so labai, you know? It's like, it's, it's, (laughs) they're so full of drama, you know? They're so sensitive. One of the reasons that like artists are sensitive is because when they paint something, when they create something, it's out of their being. It comes out of their being. And so like what's on the canvas, what is in the sculpture, it's kind of like part of who they are. So like when you don't like that, you don't like them. That's kind of their conclusion. So like men, you know the deal. You know, your, your wife, your girlfriend comes out, you know, how do, you, do I, how do I look in this dress? Never answer that question. You know, it's, just, it's a dangerous question. You know, you just, those are ones you stay away from, right? You've got to be careful with those. Same with an artist. You know, how do you like my painting? I had a friend in, in, in America. He was a, a big time. I loved him. He was a, he was a modern artist. And he, he designed his whole house. It was the wildest house you've ever seen in your life. It was crazy stuff in there. And so we walked through his house. And he had all these, you know, modern art. You know, modern art. I can't say that word. It's tough for a Rhode Island to say that word. From the East Coast. Anyways, and, and like, he was like, what does this one say to you? What does this one say? And I remember we were standing in front of this big one. It was in his bathroom. It was huge. And... And like, what does this one say to you? And, and I got it right. Like, I don't know. I just said, says this to me. He's like, that's it. It's exactly. He was so excited that I could understand. I think that's a little bit like God in his investment. If we can understand the beauty of what he has designed, I think it'll make him happy. I think it, it you know, like, I don't know about you, but we go and watch the sunset, you know. I mean, how many admire the sunset? You know, and you're sitting there, you're going, wow, that's really, God, it's beautiful. And he's like, yeah, I did that. You know, I'm not, sorry, you understand. But God is so invested that he's personally involved in his creation. He's personally involved in you. Second thing is that God is powerful. I mean, this dude is powerful. Can I get an amen? I mean, let me, let, me, let me say one that I didn't really put in the list, but God speaks, right? Over and over he goes, God said, God said, God said. If you read chapter one, God said, he says it, uh, he says it at least nine times. God said, God said, God said. God does speak. God will speak to you. He speaks. He makes noise. He talks. Uh, the other night, when we were, last week, we were talking about how his voice You need to hear his voice. He will speak. But here's what's amazing is he is so powerful that when he speaks, it forms. Like he didn't have to do anything. He just said, let there be light. Boop. Ba-boom. Let the waters be separated from the earth. Ba-boom. Like he just spoke it. He, when he's, he's so powerful that when he speaks, it is, it, it becomes reality. 
Think about that. When he speaks, he's so powerful, it becomes reality. Now, I want to bless you right now. That's why when he speaks his promises, they are reality. Because God doesn't, I don't think, I mean, he speaks a lot, but I don't think we hear him a lot. So we only hear him a few times. You know, we don't hear him all the time. You want to get tuned in. That's the, the key. But when he speaks a promise, it isn't something to come. You're catching that. Like when he said, let there be light. That wasn't like future. That happened. Because God is outside of time. He created time. So when he speaks a promise, it happened. It is a reality that you can count on. Because he's so powerful. When he speaks, everything bows. Everything bows. That's why that song, God, you reign, which means you are over all of it, is so powerful. So you can be certain when he speaks something, it is absolutely a reality right now. I like what uh, we had a, a man, his name was Jeff, Pastor Jeff. He came last week and did some training. And it's so funny, he was talking about the, the, the boat, uh, about the disciples in the boat, just like what we talked about. I was like, whoa, he's talking about the same thing. And he was like, the reason why Jesus said, why are you so little faith is because Jesus said, go to the other side. He told them he was, they were going to be on the other side. And if you know for absolute certain that the other side was going to come, why are you worried about what's in between? You understand? No need to get nervous. I'll never forget that when we were, I don't know how to tell you this, like how to say it to you other than this is my experience. When, when, I, when we went into the finals and I was coaching a, a soccer team and it was the state finals in, in America, I knew we were going to win. Like I was not nervous at all. Like I, I don't know how to say it other than, you know, it's like yakin. It was like I knew. Like I knew we were going to win. Like Everybody was talking about, you know, strategy. And of course you do strategy, but it's like, I don't know what everybody's worried about. We're going to win this game. Like, I was so certain. And we won. Like, we won quite, quite well, quite easily. But there was times in the game where it looked like, oh, no. You know, they had pressure on us and everything. But I stayed calm because I knew we were going to win. That's the promise of God. That's how powerful God is. When he speaks, it is a reality. It's a beautiful thing about God. You can know this about I believe in God the Father. You know, all those things we just said. The next is that God was, is, and will be. God was, is, and will be. It's really in his name, Yahweh. It means to be or I am. It's like I am is not like, like if you talk about the past, he says I am. If you talk about the present, he says I am. If you talk about the future, he says I am. Meaning he is. He never was and he never will be he is so he didn't he doesn't have a beginning he doesn't have an end he is he is there which means he will always be there which means that's why when he says i will always be with you it is reality when he says i will always provide 
It's a promise. When he says, I will always help you, it's the truth. When he says, I will always go before you, you can be confident in that. When he says, I will always be good, you can know this. When he says, I will always, because when he says, I am, he's saying, I will always be. That's a beautiful thing about God. Beautiful thing about God. So take that, put it with the powerful God who speaks. Ooh, do we have a good God? Can I get an amen? Do we have a God that we can trust? Amen? Next, God is creative. Like, God is like really creative, isn't he? I mean, that dude is creative. Come on. I mean, just look outside. See, that, you know, think about it. I mean, if you have, uh, 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 okay, uh, we went and played tennis, right? We went and played tennis, and, you know, uh, you know, Jimmy and I, we played together, and we weren't that bored because, you know, our levels, he's better than I am, but our levels are, you know, similar. But, like, what was that guy? He was rank eighth or something like that, you know? He came and played after us, after us, that guy played after us. He's the owner, I think, of the place. I mean, I watched him play. You realize if he played with me, he would be bored. He would, like, be so bored. Why? Because he's so skilled. He's so way above me. And so why do you think God is creative? Because he is so skilled. He might as well go all the way and just be so crazy, so so dynamically creative that it just blows your mind. We could never think. I mean, look at the animals that he created. The weird ones, man. The ones you could never even think of. You know? I still have a question, Lord, why did you create mosquitoes? I really don't like them. I don't believe they're going to be in heaven. Somehow I think they snuck onto the ark. And, and, and <laughs> but, you know, but like he is so crazily, crazily, crazy. He's just so creative, right? Now, here's the thing about God being creative that we struggle with. He never does the same thing twice the same way. We don't like that. Did you know that? We don't. Have you ever noticed how you struggle with that? You know, one time he spits in the mud and he does like this and, you know, he heals. And another time he just commands. And another time he goes. And another time he sits and just says go. And the reason why that frustrates us is we want to have predictability. But God is creative. And so God does things creatively. So let him be creative in your life. Stop Wanting him to do it your way. I think he's bored with your way. I don't think he, he, he's done it that way. He's kind of old. He's been around for a while. And like he's done it that way. He wants to try something new. So let him be creative in your life. I mean, come on, look at us. He's quite creative, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, all white people look alike, but they're still different. You know what I'm saying? Let him be creative. Stop wrestling with him about him being creative and you wanting him to do it your way. Let him do it his way. His way's better anyways. At the end, you'll go, wow, that's beautiful. Next. It's almost a little bit contradictory about what I just said, but if you'll listen, you'll understand. God creates order. The world was formless and void. But what did he do? He started putting order to it. He put order to it. 
He started separating things. He started dividing things. He started you know, saying, this is what you will do. This is what you will do. And he, he ordered it. He started ordering it. Now, the thing I love about his order is like his order flows, man. It's got rhythm. It's got like stuff that we can never even imagine. You know, I know we have like here, we have two seasons. We have dry season and wet season. But I mean, notice how it flows like one to another. Before you know it, it's, I mean, how many can't wait for it to be cooler, yeah? Uh, you know, it just, it, it just, and before you know it, that's what's going to happen. You, you kind of notice it, but you don't notice it because he flows. But there's order. And so this is why when you say you don't like organization, well, then you don't like a piece of God because trust me, he orders things. He does have order. And he puts in order, he puts in order people and, and communities. It says even when in the church, he builds structure and he builds order in it. Now, the problem is, is when the order overrides the organism. If you don't understand that, figure it out later. But like, you can't let the order override the organism, you know, should never. But, you know, it flows. It's, it's just flowing. Even though there's order, it flows. And so God does create order. He does divide things. He does move things and put them in place. And it took seven days. Now, we don't know how long those days were. There's a lot of debate on all that stuff. But, you know, for him, seven days is a long time, yeah? It says a day is like a thousand years. So we don't know, really, how long it is. But what I mean is, I mean, he could have did it in one millisecond if he wanted to. So know that when your life is in disorder, if you follow him, he will put you, he'll put it in order, but it might take some time. We want order our way, which goes against his creativity, our way, our time, and in our order. See, those are just totally opposite of who God is. And that's why you find yourself fighting him. And I, I, I know, like, for myself, honestly, for myself, I mean, I've, I've tried to hold my breath. I don't know if you ever heard that expression in Indonesia, but, like, a little kid, he gets all mad, and he's going to hold his breath until he gets his way. Uh, in America, we've done that, you know. You know, and I, so I'm like, God, I'm mad at you. I'm going to hold my breath until you, you know, until you do it my way. And he goes, go ahead, man. I've got so much time. You know? I mean, that's why God drives me crazy sometimes because I'm like looking at my watch and he's like, I don't have a watch. You know what he says? You want to know what time it is? I am. But you can trust that. You can trust that about God. And as I talk, you'll see about the other part of God, but you can trust that he's fully invested in your life. He's fully invested. He's developed it. He's organized it. He's putting it together. Now, you screwed up once in a while, but trust me, you know, Humpty Dumpty can be put back together again with God, if you know that story. Here's an interesting one. God is both plural and singular. Now, if you were last, was it last week or a couple of weeks ago with Tracy, or you went to my deeper class, you would have studied this. It's very, very interesting. Here's the conclusion you have to come to. Either Moses was really bad at grammar or he knew exactly what he was doing. Because in the beginning, God created. 
Did you know that that, that verb there is created is, is singular? But God is Elohim, I believe, which is plural. Let us create. Let us create. Let us. 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 Who's us? It is all throughout chapter 1. All throughout. Already proclaiming the Trinity. Showing it. Displaying it. God was there, right? It said in the beginning, God. And then what? The Spirit of God. Whoop, two. What's going on? Spirit of God, God. They're the same. They're different. They're both plural and they're singular. Now, Tracy, I, I got to say this because I'm, I'm excited. I was in Tracy's class at that time, and she was going over different analogies to try to describe the Trinity, and every one of them was flawed. And, and, and the question is, is, well, what's a good one? Can I give you a good one? Almost, almost, almost perfect one? An almost perfect analogy is right here. We have both IFGF and ICC, two churches as one. That's why I want to get a third so we can be like the Trinity. If you separate them, they're still a church. But you put them together, they're one. That's exactly God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three are God, three in one. What does that mean to us? I don't know. We'll ask him later, but just so you know. Okay, that's a, that's a just so you know. <laughs> but it's like, it's, like, it's like Moses would be, be saying like this. If you know anything about English, you'd know that this English is wrong. Basically, he keeps saying, they is, they is, they is, they is. You're supposed to say they are, but no, it's they is. Okay, move on. God is good. When God does something, what he is is what flows out of him. So everything that he creates, what does he say? This is good. This is good. Why? Because his very essence is good. And so what he creates, he creates from who he is. And so when he creates, he creates good. He says, you know, the, the, the light was good. He, the, the, the man was, you know, he said, this is good. Everything keeps saying, this is good. Now, here's the good question. Oh, good question. I don't believe the word good is moral here. You know, like you acted like in a, in a proper or the correct way, a good way, like a moral way. I don't believe it because it doesn't really exist at this point. So what does the word good mean? I believe this is what it means. Functioning according to his design. Functioning according to his design. So take, for example, someone who builds an engine. He finishes the engine. He turns it on. And, goes, vroom, 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 and he listens to it. He, mm, ooh, that engine is running good. It's running and functioning according to the way he designed it. So what does that say to us? When we are walking good, it means we are walking according to the way he designed us to be. Woo! And when we start walking according to the way he designed us, then what he has designed in us will begin to be manifested 
in our lives. What am I saying? When we, who, 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 was, who was functioning on earth, who was the one functioning most according to the design of man? Come on, Sunday school answer. Jesus. Jesus was the example of a man fully submitted to God, walking, walking and functioning according to his, the design that God made. Which means when we walk according to the design, it means we are fully submitted to what God has said to do. We are fully submitted our, our lives to him and say, I only do what the Father says for me to do. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. See, when we walk this way, then the same things that Jesus did, we will do also. I don't know, that that excites me. That means like Jesus laid hands on the sick, we can lay hands on the sick. Like Jesus was surrendered to God and said, you know, be healed, we can do the same thing. Now, it's through the Holy Spirit that happens. It's not us. It's, it's God through us, right? And then, woo, uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble. It's good trouble, though. Okay, so here I am. <clears throat> I'm sitting there. I feel, I look over and I see, you know, I see, I don't know, I see Wes and I see Wes, like, you know, looks a little sick or something. Something's wrong with him, you know. I sense the Holy Spirit say to me, you know, go over and pray for Wes. I can't do that, God. You know, come on. It's not me. I I don't have that gift, God. I'm shy. You realize you're fighting God's design? Like, you're fighting God's design. God designed you to do these things, to hear the Holy Spirit, to walk in him. He designed you that way. And now you're arguing with God about his design. Can I get an amen? And can I say, okay, let's, I'm going to, woo, I'm going to go all the way. What the heck? What does it matter? Am I going away next week? No. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. God orders things. Right? We just talked about how God orders things. Okay? And he said, God, in Philippians 4.11, he says, God has made some to be pastors, teachers, you know, uh, uh, evangelists, prophets. What? For the equipping of the saints so we'll do the work of the ministry. That's what it says. So he made leaders so that they can train people to walk according to his design. Would that be proper? Can, you get it? can I get an amen? Okay. So sometimes... God uses the leader to encourage the people to do what the Holy Spirit is saying to do. Can I get an amen? Now, you've got to be careful with that. I know sometimes leaders take advantage, right? But I just want to be clear here. So this morning, some leader got up here and said, go and pray for people. Were you listening? Did you hear the Holy Spirit? Were you fighting the design and the order that God had done? Never mind. My heart is to see 
the Holy Spirit flowing in power and might among us. Amen? Among us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I know I'm straying from my notes now. But what I'm saying is, take a risk. Take a step. Start walking in God. Watch what God will do through a crooked stick like you. Trust me. I, I'm, not, I'm not right with you. No one. It, I said this before. I said this before. I'll say it again. I don't care. I said this before. You go over to pray for somebody like this. And I know a lot of times you're praying for somebody. You're standing there and you're going, you know, so it's time for me to pray for Johnson. Okay, before I start, Lord God, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you just, I know I haven't really been serving you this week. I haven't really been uh, t- uh, talking to you as much as I should. So, Lord God, forgive me. Blah, 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 blah. Can I say at this point when you're praying, God is not worried about you. Stop worrying about you. It's not about you. God's eyes are not worried about you. And who you are isn't dependent on how God will touch him. So stop. And I said this before. It's not like when you stop praying for Johnson, all of a sudden God's up there going, he's getting all worried, right? God's not up there worrying. He's not up there going, oh, myself, oh, myself, oh, myself. Takes a second. Takes a second. Stop worrying about yourself. Walk in his design. Be, be foolish enough to say, I don't know who I am. I'm just going to go do it. Send me in, coach. I can do it. Send me in, God. I can do it. Why not? What the heck? What, what can happen? The worst thing that can happen is what? He gets healed. Ooh. He starts thanking you. And then you go from, you know, oh, God, you know, help me to, oh, yeah, you know, I just was walking in God. Anyway, never mind. Okay. Another one. God blesses. Woo, I love that. You know what blessings are? Special favor um, uh, or mercy or benefit. A special favor or mercy or benefit. It's a favor or gift bestowed by God, uh, thereby bringing happiness. Aren't you glad God blesses? He made you and he blessed you. Woo! I love that about God. Receive it. I'm running out of time. I've got too many. God gives life. I love that in chapter one. Everything is about life. God is a giver of life. There is no place in Genesis chapter one where death is mentioned. All it is is about life. Life coming forth, being brought forth, everything just coming to life. Life, 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 life. Where God is, where he speaks, where he moves will always bring life. Woo! I love that about God. He always brings life, which means what he brings, this life that he brings, it comes from his being. It comes from his essence. It comes from who he is. It means it's sacred. Which tells us that everything that has life is sacred. That's why we should take care of the earth better than we're taking care of the earth. Because it has life. It's sacred. That's why we need to care for people, no matter who they are, because they are sacred. They have life in them. And we should treat them as if 
They are holy. Woo, can you imagine if we treated people as if they were holy? I'm not saying they are. That's not your problem. But they have life in them. They have what God put, them in, put in them. He gave them life, which made them holy. Like, just don't get wrong. Don't, don't try to make theology about what I'm saying. I'm trying to tell you something about life. Life is sacred. We can't just throw it away. We have, to pres- we have to love it. Love life. Finally, God really loves us. You realize he spoke and said, let there be light. He spoke and said, let the light be separated from the darkness. He spoke and the, the stars were put in the thing. He spoke and fish. He spoke, he spoke, he spoke, spoke, he spoke. And then he got to man. And he touched he didn't speak. He put his hand and he created us. He touched us. That's what he did the whole time. And he breathed on us. He loves man. He loves him enough that he doesn't just speak. He doesn't stay a distance away from man. He literally touches us. How about you? I need hugs. I need, I need hugs and kisses. That's why I always ask for them. God, he puts his hand on us when he creates us, when he forms us. He breathes on us. I love that about God. I love that about God. So we're going we're gonna to take communion now, but I just want us to realize who God is because when we say we're in communion it means that like we have a relationship with this God I just talked about and I want to just read them off again and then we're going to pray and then we're going to receive but I want you to know who he is God is personally involved in his creation God is powerful God speaks. God always is. God is creative. God creates order. God is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in one. God is good. God blesses. God gives life. God really loves us. This is our God. This is the director and writer of everything who sets everything up for us. And this morning, we're going to take communion with this God. (laughs) And I believe he's inviting you to be in communion with him. This is why he sent Jesus, so that We could be in communion with him. I'm not going to go into all of it because it's a whole other sermon and you'll get that in the finality. Finality. Finale. But he's inviting you to be in communion with him. It says, if anyone comes close to him, he comes close to them and he will not cast them out. Communion is coming close with him. Father, I pray for anyone here that feels far from you. 
from anyone who's struggling with their design, struggling with the way you have ordered things, struggling with you, Lord, struggling with you. I pray, Lord God, that they would come after you, seek after you, try to draw near to you, and they would surrender to your will and to your way. In Jesus' name, amen.